Friday, and that means it's the morning mix. We always present local live music and events in the Wasatch back on this show, and I'm Christy Dilloway, and today I'm joined by Ryan Williams. Welcome. Thank you, Christy. How are you doing this morning? Great. Ryan's sitting in as a uh, potential new co-host. Ryan's born and raised in Park City, and we're excited to have a, a younger voice and a local voice here on the show. Thanks for joining us. Excited to be here. Thank you. Today's show is uh, packed full, as we try to be. We have Mel Soul as our musical guest. Welcome, Mel. Hey, thanks. <sighs> it's been a while since you've been here, and we always love having you on as our musical guest. Uh, our first guest at 9.15 will be Olympic gold medalist Hannah Kearney. Excited to talk to her. She's speaking at the Human Performance Summit, which is happening next weekend in Park City. We'll do weekend events at the bottom of the hour. And then we'll talk to David Thorpe, who's the director of Little Shop of Horrors, which is on stage at Timpanogos Valley Theater in Heber this weekend and next weekend. And finally, at the end of the show, we'll talk to Minda Stockdale about the uh, Scarecrow at McPullen Farm Festival and how you can still get involved, which is always a great annual event. All that will be throughout this show, so you're going to want to stay tuned. And we will be right back. Support for KPCW comes from Squatter's Roadhouse Grill and Pub, located in Park City since 2006. Serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week with on-site parking, kids' menu, and Squatter's and Wasatch beers. Squatter's, good for what ails you. Squatter's.com. Hi, this is Brenda with Republic Services, a proud supporter of KPCW. The need for a clean recycling stream has never been more important than it is now. Remember, yard debris and green waste of any kind don't belong in your recycling container. Recycle.summitcounty.org. G'day, mates. It's Brendan from the Teske Brothers, all the way from Australia. You're listening to KPCW in Park City, where every Friday is Fresh Track Friday. Listen like a local, dig new music, and stay in tune to live music events in your area. We'll see you next time we come through, or next time you come to the London Down Under. I actually just went to see the Teske Brothers at Red Butte on Monday night. They opened for Tash Sultana. Great show. I appreciate that they did that recording for us. But here in the studio, we're joined by our, our musical guest, Mel Soul. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, so low-key early in the morning. Yep. <laughs> so, Mel, tell us, tell the listeners, if they don't know you and they would missed you the last couple times you're on this show, what, give us your, uh, your, your bio or your, your tagline. How would you describe um, it yourself? I guess my tagline would be, love yourself, love everyone else. And that's kind of like where I um, put my energy and my music. So, yeah, it's all from the soul. So I, I'm Mel Soul. So. Ah, so that's not your real name. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stage name, it works out. <laughs> and where are you located? I live in Orem. And where do you normally play? I play everywhere. Uh, I play a lot in Park City. But I also play in Salt Lake. So. And do you um, try to do like club events or festivals or private events? What's your main gig? Um, I, I kind of do everything uh, as much as I can, but I think my favorite type of events are intimate settings where I can really talk to the audience and not 
have so many distractions going on. So that's kind of like my favorite type of event. So like a listening environment, not a bar. Yeah. I don't know about you, Ryan. It always bothers me when I go to see a band and I bought a ticket and everyone's talking. Yeah, that's, it's <laughs> difficult. So you kind of have the different sections of the crowd that you can sit at. To yeah, that's probably why I'm always up front. Yeah. Because I came to see the, the performer and I want to know what they're, what they're doing, not have a conversation. When people walk up and go, hey, what have you been up to? I'm like, I just give them a dirty look. <laughs> I'm watching the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm up to. Yep. Well, Mel, what are you going to play for us first? Um, I think I'm going to start off with a song that I wrote for <clears throat> my grandparents and uh, my mom. Those are the main people that helped raise me. And instead of calling it Utah, I decided to call it 801. So, yeah. <laughs> I come from the mountains, still frosty with snow. In the summertime weather, shining down below. Right next to the pine trees is my backyard. Little girl and her mother making a new start. And it wasn't that long ago. I first dialed a phone But what's that front was the code 801 801 801 That's where I'm from 
took a hold of his hand and I said my last goodbye and it wasn't that long ago he taught me how to use a phone so that I know how to call home You know, I remember when we were all 801, (laughs) and I was pretty distraught to become a 435. (laughs) That goes way back. That was probably before your time. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent song. Thank you so much. Well, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Olympic gold medalist Hannah Kearney. Stay tuned. Hi, Dan Dearden here, owner of Just Right Air, sponsor of KPCW Programming. Just Right Air has been advising Park City area homeowners to repair, replace, and maintain their heating and air conditioning since 2004. Details at JustRightAir.com. Hi, this is Mandalit Del Barco. I'm an arts correspondent with NPR News. When I'm in Park City, I enjoy listening like a local to KPCW. And we're back on The Morning Mix. This is Christy Dillaway with my co-host today, Ryan Williams. Ryan, do you remember being a... uh an 801? It's 435 as far as I remember. Oh, back. you're too young. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, our next guest is Olympic gold medalist Hannah Kearney. She is a speaker at the Human Performance Summit, which is an event for industry leaders in human performance for sport, military, and the performing arts. It's taking place next weekend at the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Center of Excellence. Thank you for joining us today, Hannah. It is an honor. Thank you. I didn't realize that you were Park City local. I'm not, actually. Oh, okay. I've been here for five years. So I was um, on the ski team for 13 years, and of course, during that time period, I spent a significant amount of time here in Park City, but I did not call Park City home until five years ago. Well, that makes you a local, five years? Okay, we'll I don't know, what the, what's the bar now? Like uh, <laughs> six months, That's eight actually months? That's a good point. I think it's volunteer somewhere, <laughs> then you're a local, right? It's more of like the vibe that you can step off the plane and be a local, I think. You just, you, think? you gotta jump There's into gotta it. There's gotta be a bar to entry. Well, you know, some people get it and some people need to work oh, out a little bit. I think Hannah gets it. I think so, I think too. Hannah exemplifies it and probably is leading the way. I listen to KPCW. Does that help? And that helps. Yes, okay. perfect. <laughs> so, um... Let's talk a little bit about your career with the ski team and your accolades, of which <laughs> are many. So people who maybe don't know you have a sense of, you know, how exciting this is that you're in our studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started skiing when I was two. That's the beginning of my skiing career. I think people in Park City can um, relate to that. Um, I made the ski team when I was a sophomore in high school, and I got to compete in three Olympic Games. In 2006, Torino, I got third to last place. In Vancouver, in the ultimate Redemption. I won a gold medal, the first for the United States of that Olympic Games. 
And in Sochi, uh, most recently for me, I uh, received a bronze medal despite a large mistake. So that was my reward for uh, being a stronger athlete at that point. And I competed one more season, I think 113 World Cup starts. Um, anyone in Park City would only be familiar with Mosking because of the fantastic Deer Valley World Cup. And I competed on that Deer Valley course 21 times in my career. Um, did not win all of those competitions, but boy, was it a pleasure to compete there. So when I retired, um, I had a total of 46 victories in that 113 starts and those Olympic medals. And um, I guess I'll have those titles forever. So when you retired, were you like, uh, yeah, did it? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Feel pretty good. <laughs> Almost. Sochi didn't go the way I had, mm. I had hoped. but um, And it's easy to look back and have regrets about certain things. I should have trained harder earlier in my career. I could have had could have been winning at a younger age, but I uh, overall, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I had to travel the world and compete um, and basically perform my best. But it takes a lot of support. The ski team um, is a nonprofit, and we get donations from the public. So I, thinking now, being on the other side of it, thinking, wow, I was really lucky to have um, financial support through the ski team to be able to achieve my athletic goals. Right. And now are you involved with um, Youth Sports Alliance? I am involved with the Youth Sports Alliance. What's your role there? I'm a board member on with the Youth Sports Alliance. Um, we just were um, in a scholarship meeting, and it's amazing how much money um, the Youth Sports Alliance gives back to the community in, form, in the form of scholarships. Uh, Jan's Winter Welcome, of course, is coming up uh, at the end of October, and that's a really fun event to be a part of, too. All for a good cause. And we're having you on today because you are a speaker at the... Let me say it again, the Human Performance Summit, which is next weekend. And you're speaking on deriving confidence from data. Yes. Talk about that, a, that as much as you can without giving it all away. Very sexy title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, and it depends on the athlete, but for me, I found I gained immense confidence in my abilities from my test results, from recording all of my um, training efforts. And I, this was not before the internet existed. I'm not that old. However, <laughs> it was at a I time. <laughs> it was at a time when I was training where it was not common um, for training logs to be digital. And so I still to this day have my notebooks of paper of keeping track of my training. It was not someone anything. It was not something that anyone told me to do. I was just obsessed with tracking um, my training. As a result, and then it slowly over time became um, something that the ski team used um, a platform, and this is why the Human Performance Summit is happening now, um, is how data and technology are connected. Um, but for me, it didn't, um, it didn't turn into an uh, online platform until we started using something called Visual Coaching Pro, and every day I filled out a diary of my training logs, and at the end of my career, I think, I've never actually seen the results, but I think it was like a 500-page book of my diary entries, which was just the data, basically my career in data. Great. Well, do you have a, I remember growing up and watching you at the Deer Valley course awesome. and you usually had the pigtails that in. Is correct. So, so it's nice to see that you've changed up a little <laughs> bit, but I like the pigtails. Do you have a certain one of those um, Deer Valley World Cups that stick out to you? Oh boy. Because I've seen you win a lot out there. <laughs> it, it was always incredible. The dual events at night um, when the crowd was the largest were by far the most enjoyable. Um, the United States women swept the podium. Um, I cannot remember what year, but it was Heather McVie and Eliza Outram and I. And that, of course, in front of a home crowd was um, an absolute 
amazing feeling to be a part of. In an individual sport, it's rare that you feel like a team. And in that moment on U.S. soil, standing on the podium with two other Americans just felt fantastic. Of course, yeah. Let's get back to the data. Because <laughs> I know when I um, I spent a little bit of time at Center of Excellence as a outside consultant doing some – I worked. I went with them to the uh, Sochi Olympics. I was oh. in – you came after you won a medal. You came to the hospitality wow, suite. small world. The, yeah. Um, but I had never really thought about how much science and technology is going into um, sport training. And, uh, like, how can someone use their data? Like, what other than, oh, I trained that day and I ate a banana and that helped or I don't know. What, right. Okay. So I talk, I basically told you before how much I just – um, compiled the data basically, but it is useless unless you do something with it. Um, the way I used it was, and this is where the confidence comes from, um, Over, it takes time because the data doesn't mean anything until you use it for something. Um, if I was going into a competition uncertain about how many runs I should take before um, the event, I would look back at my training logs and be able to, oh, this competition went well when I skied three runs the day before. I would use that sort of information. On the um, off-season training programs, the data that we collected from test results, so very specific things such as what level your heart rate should be at for the most effective workout in a cardio day. If I was home by myself 2,000 miles away in Vermont training and I thought I was going to pass out because my heart rate had been at 180 for 10 minutes, I was like, normally I would give up. I would just quit, go sit down, catch my breath. But I knew that that was the, that was the heart rate I was supposed to be at and I had, so the data gave me confidence to keep pushing. I wasn't going to pass out. That was me getting better. And so that's the sort of um, these test results and these numbers. Um, that's how I derive confidence from them. Gosh, it's almost, I, I don't want to do a little it, but is it almost like a, a football player doing the dance or the, you know, <laughs> like it's almost the, the, um, the, what do you call it? When like you. celebration dance or. Yeah, yeah, no, but when you, the, um, when you do something and you think that the outcome will change, it, but there's science behind it and or just, um. You know that you've done it before. Yeah, I guess yes. that's the confidence. Yeah, I think like it's I think it's all of those things. Superstition combined. was the word I wanted to use. But oh, it's not okay. superstition, yeah. but it's, it's sort um, of it's like almost the opposite of that, but you like it's like a it's like a uh, But I did three runs right, and it right, had right, an right, effect, right. so I'm gonna do three runs. And it's, there's certainly a placebo effect. But like, yes, does it matter that it was three runs? No. But I, I do know that I felt fresh because I only mm -hmm. trained a few runs and I still was able to compete at my best level. So using it, and then it can be used in a lot of ways. It would also, we'd also use the data to track um, training volume and make sure you were able to peak at the right time, say the Olympics games. When you have to wait four years for a chance to redo <laughs> something that you made a mistake doing, you certainly want <laughs> the data to be helping you out so that you're uh, feeling your very best on that day and not wake up like, oops, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done those extra squats three days ago, my legs are tired. So. That's, that's where data helped, too. And does it enable you to try something different knowing I'm going to record it and then I'm going to know whether, like, let yep. me get out of my box. Yep, because it's amazing how no. quickly you're, you forget what you, especially training can be monotonous. You're doing the same type of thing. For example, my backflip was crooked, and so for five years in a row, I made a goal to do a minimum of 1,000 backflips every summer into the pool of water like we have here at the UOP. Um, and yeah, they tend to blur together when you've done that many of the exact same trick, but tracking them and taking notes um, certainly helped me perform better when it counted. Ryan, do you keep notes on anything? <laughs> 
No, but I should start because then maybe <laughs> I'll make it to the Olympics. Totally. That's the, <laughs> that's the formula. Well, I don't know if it's we all have to get to the Olympics. And of we're course. not all getting to the Olympics. So <laughs> no, let's be I think honest. That ship has sailed. But, um, but just for peaking our performance or, or tweaking our routine. Or Absolutely. That's, that's what works, because what this summit is open to all sorts of people. It's yeah. not just for people that are in sport training or, or um, in that industry. Uh, it says it's open to anyone interested in performance analytics and research, including but definitely not limited to users of SmartBase human performance platform. So what do you know what else is going on during the, the summit? I think there are a lot of excellent pa panelists and guest speakers. Um, there's And there's also some mingling because bringing people of similar interests together, obviously some of the best moments in this um, summit will be the conversations that are had. Yeah, so there's going to be people there from the Navy, from Red Bull, from a bunch of analytic houses that I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> cricket teams I saw. Oh, cricket. Yeah, it is, it is yeah. international, that's for sure. Yeah, it's very... So there's this one, and then there's going to be one in Asia mm -hmm. Yes, coming up. So that's pretty cool. Park, it's, if you only pick two locations in the world, <laughs> yeah. Park City was Park one, of one of them. And I, th as a result, I get to be a part of it, which is very cool. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for coming in. And great to meet you. And I hope we can have you back on the show for any other reason. Fantastic. We'll come up with something. I appreciate being a guest. Thank you very we'll much. We'll come up with something. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> well, we're going to roll into weekend events. If you're wondering what's going on this weekend, it's Dumpster Days at Recycle Utah. I look forward to this. <laughs> it's today and tomorrow. Save yourself a trip to the dump by dropping off residential, non-recyclables, and non-donatables between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. That's today and tomorrow. There's separate dumpsters for yard waste and garbage, so get motivated to clean up this weekend. Also, the Recycle Utah Household Hazardous Waste Collection Day is Saturday, tomorrow from 9 to 1 a.m. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m in the Cabriolet parking lot at Canyons. Clean out the old paints, batteries, fertilizers, medications, and stuff like that, and drop it off there. And Park City Film will be screening Maiden, a film about the first ever all-female crew to enter the Whitbread round-the-world sailing race in 1989. Screenings are at Jim Santee Auditorium on Park Avenue uh, tonight and tomorrow night at 8 p.m. and Sunday night at 6. And it's always hard to believe when it's the last Friday of the month, but <coughs> It is. So the last Friday gallery stroll is tonight on Main Street and the historic district. It's a free community event for locals and visitors alike. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. with light refreshments offered while you take in the various art displayed within the Park City galleries. And Thriller is back on stage for another year um, at the Egyptian Theater with shows this weekend and the next weekend. Uh, dance performances are sometimes scary, sometimes funny, but always perform with top-notch dance skills. Themes include clowns, children of the corn, vampires, werewolves, and zombies. Sometimes, or showtimes and dates can be found on parkcityshows.com. In downtown Heber, the Timpanogos Valley Theater presents their rendition of Little Shop of Horrors. It's tonight and tomorrow night, plus additional shows next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're going to talk to the director of that show shortly, but you can find tickets and information at timpvalleytheater.com. Also in Heber tonight is the Star Wars Experience Train run by the Heber Valley Railroad. They invite you, or maybe your kids and your grandkids, to wear an applicable costume and enjoy the train ride with Star Wars trivia, prizes, themed music, and games. For live music tonight, options include a musician showcase at the State Road Tavern in Camas. 
hosted by Tracy Madsen and Walt Evans. It's from 6 to 9 p.m., and the area musicians are welcome to perform. Triggers and Slips are at Silver Star Cafe. And that's it for Friday. Moving on to tomorrow, what's going on? Swanner Eco Center invites you to join them Saturday and Sunday con to construct fake beaver dams on East Canyon Creek. They say this will improve the habitat and water quality and say it'll be a fun outdoor activity. Meet at the Spring Creek Trailhead off Glenwell Drive between 9 to 4 tomorrow or Sunday. And they advise you to either wear waders, if you have them, or shoes that can get wet. The annual historic Glenwood Cemetery tours are Saturday, with guided tours enlivened by actors at several of the marked graves recounting the lives and times of previous parkites. Uh, what was life like for locals a hundred or so years ago? This year's theme centers on people involved with law and order in this boomtown. Reservations are required, so contact parkcityhistory.org right now um, to snap up the last spots. I am a uh, ghost at one of the grave spots. Are you? Yes, I'm a mini McDonough, and I'm way off on the side by myself, so <laughs> come visit me, come please. Visit. <laughs> Another true sign that it's fall is the Scarecrow Festival at McPullen Farm. Families and friends assemble and dress their scarecrows for display along the trail behind the historic farm at this family fun event. The scarecrows are then on display from now until October 28th. There's no event parking at the farm, so park elsewhere and walk or take the bus. And if you didn't get your Scarecrow Festival tickets yet, then stay tuned. At the end of the hour, we're going to talk to Minda Stockdale about how you can still get involved. And Park City Recreation's 13th annual Dirt Jump Jam is happening at the Dirt Jump Park on Holiday Ranch Loop Road from 11 to 2 with a big bike party, music, autographs, and giveaways. In the Heber Valley, the Heber Valley Railroad is running a princess train tomorrow at 11 a.m. with several well-known fictional princesses aboard. Kids can wear princess or pirate costumes for the 90-minute scenic ride. Here's a new one. There's a mountain metal boxing and charity event from 5 to 10 p.m. at the corner store at Park City Mountain. Rise bo Boxing and Five for the Fight is hosting this first ever event in Park City in which local and non-local amateur fighters will step into the ring to raise money for cancer research. So it's a organized brawl at the corner store. <laughs> for a change, that's yeah. nice. High West celebrates the release of their Midwinter Night's Dram with a woodland masquerade party at the Distillery and Wine Ship Saturday night starting at 7. You can find tickets on eventbrite.com. That's always a fun event. I've been to a couple oh, of those. Oh, that was a good one. I yeah. went last year. And for live music, here are a few options. We have Pixie and the Party Grass Boys at Silver Star Cafe, and Three Dog Night is playing at the, the Desorio Center in Camus. So if you didn't find something fun to do, then shame on you. There's a lot going on as we go into these fall weekends. Back in the studio, Mel Soul. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you have any shows coming up that people can check you out at? Um, I post most of my shows on my Facebook. You just look up Mel Soul. Um, but I do know that I have one in October, and it's for uh, their gay pride at um, U uh, University of Utah. So. I saw that. So is um, are we? It's a fall gay pride. I think so. Yeah. Is it just <laughs> to have another one? Yeah. Or okay, at the U of U. Mm -hmm. Great. I think you had a couple gigs there. No? Uh, it's my first time. Okay, there, so. cool. <laughs> well, what, would you like to intro another song? Tell us about it. Sure, definitely. <laughs> um, 
let's see. So I wrote this new song, I want to say like a couple weeks ago. And it's about how when I guess you're just going through it and you need somebody to say a prayer for you. So it's called Hear Your Prayer. That's Mel Soul and the Messenger. So we're going to go right into the weather. So today we have partly sunny and a slight chance of showers and with a high of 64. And tonight we're rolling into an 80% chance of showers and then rain with a low of 44. 
Tomorrow we're going to have rain and a windy with a 90% chance of precipitation. And we're going full 90 to Saturday night. As Sunday rolls in, I'm sure Hanny Kearney will be happy that snow's dropping and it'll be 100% of, sh- of snow with a high of 48. So bring the coats out. What? 100% chance of snow? Yep, we're at 100% uh. chance of snow. So we'll see how accurate we are on AccuWeather. All right. Well, I mean, that's, that's good and that's bad. <laughs> we'll get some white on the changing leaves. It'll be g- oh, good it's contrast. Great for, it's great for photography. Bring your photos out. Um, our next guest is joining us by phone. Uh, we have David Thorpe, who is the director of Little Shop of Horrors, and they are on stage right now at the, um, well, not right now, but tonight at the Timpanogos Valley Theater in Heber. Welcome to the show, David. Hello. Thank you so much. So uh, Little Shop of Horrors, for people who don't know that show, um, it's when a meek plant store attendant named Seymour and his coworker crush, Audrey, um, and her sadistic dentist boyfriend, they have a man-eating plant that threatens them and the world as we know it. Uh, it's on. St- it's coming on stage uh, in Broadway for or off Broadway for ninety-nine dollars a ticket. Uh, it's a little more affordable out at <laughs> the <to laughs> Monongahela Valley Theater, right? Yeah, that's true. How much? Yeah, are th- the tickets. Uh, tickets are twelve dollars, and uh, for for normal adult tickets, and there's different pricings for for older people or younger people or uh, and then there's premier seating that you can spend a little bit more on and get right up front, real close to the teeth and the action. Right. So the plant is alive, or it, it has action to it. There's an actor yeah. in there, right? So, is that somebody's role? Yeah. Plant. We've uh, we've been really lucky uh, because we've we've been lo- the the plants, the puppets for the plants have been loaned to us from the Eccles Center, which were. Uh, made originally for a production that they did over at the Egyptian Theater. So the the plants that we're using have a long history, and they're really beautiful and really expressive. And um, we have a really talented puppeteer, Sean Tasker, who uh, really makes those plants come alive and really, really shine. And then uh, we weren't satisfied with the five puppets that they gave us, so we built one more, one giant puppet, that can hold three adults in it. So it's at the very end of the play, it's this giant puppet that comes in and there's a big song and dance number that accompanies it. So it's uh, really something to behold. It's a lot of fun. And is there something new and different in this production at all that people can well, see? Well, we've I've been a huge fan of the musical for a long time. And uh, I don't know if, if a lot of people know this, but the musical... Originally, the, the musical that was done in the 80s was based on a 1960s film um, that was directed by, um, uh, why am I forgetting the guy's name? He did a bunch of old schlock movies. Um, Roger Corman, uh, he, he did the original uh, Night of the Living Dead, for example. And uh, so I, I own that movie, and I love it. So there's a couple of scenes from the original movie that I that I included into this production of it so it's kind of this uh this version of the play kind of has a little piece of every iteration of the story that has existed you know so um i guess it's the fans version of little shop of horrors (laughs) and what attracts you to this play you say that you you've liked it for a long time is it the darkness or the 
uh, quirkiness of man-eating plant, or what, what part do you think is the draw? Well, there's, there's so much to it. The music uh, was written by Alan Menken, who went on to write music for uh, a lot of the songs during the Disney Renaissance, as it's called. You know, he wrote songs for The Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. And so everybody's very familiar with his music. And uh, I think Little Shop of Horrors has his best music that he ever wrote. So if you like the music of any of those Disney movies from the 90s, there's you'll, there's music that you'll just love from this musical. So I feel like there's just so many different pieces to it, which makes it so good. It is a little dark, but it's never too dark. It's it's always done with a lot of fun. I mean, the original movie in the 60s that was made was a comedy, um, and the, the musical follows suit. It's just full of humor. It's full of um, uh, really charming characters, and the music is incredible. So I think, I think what makes it so good is that it has a little bit of everything. It has, uh, has something, it has a little bit of pieces that you laugh at, and you'll have pieces that will be really surprising with uh, musical dance numbers. The music will, be, will sweep you up and, and just make your heart explode, and then there's, uh, then there's parts where it's really kind of eerie and really kind of creepy. So it's, uh, what's so great about it is that it has a little bit of everything. It takes you on a a really fun ride. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's also a little bit of hubris tells you a little story about ambition. And at the end, it makes you kind of scratch your head and say, huh, maybe, maybe, uh, ambition isn't worth all of the sacrifices that you have to make for it. You know, it has romance, it has, uh, puppets, it has singing and dancing, you know, it's just got it all. It's got a little something for everybody. So you can bring the whole family out. Yeah, and we have uh, we have been getting families coming to the show. We've had an incredible attendance so far and really great audience responses, but we also have had lots of kids in it. Our lead actress who plays uh, Audrey, um, her name's Ashley Jarrett, and she's a local school teacher. She teaches fifth grade, and uh, I think all of the fifth grade students have come to see the play, and they've all really enjoyed it, and uh, they were all able to sit and watch it so it's not too scary you know so what age would you say it's appropriate for from what age up well my uh my seven-year-old daughter has come and seen it and she had to watch a bit of it through her fingers but uh (laughs) she did okay so i guess i think what should be done i think is it should be recommended that parents look into the story and look into the content of the story and make the decision for their own family um we've tried to designed the show to be appropriate for all ages uh but you know every family has their own understanding about what's appropriate for for themselves and for their kids so i just encourage everybody to to go on wikipedia or go on imdb and kind of look into the synopsis and make sure that it's going to be a good fit for them but i can promise you that we've tried to be very uh accommodating and very careful about how we portray the characters and the action and some of the scary parts so that it's it's uh, fun, and uh, and that it will work for families. So we're speaking with David Thorpe, who is the director of Little Shop of Horrors, which is on stage at the Timpanogos Valley Theater in Heber. Um, so the shows are tonight and tomorrow night, and then next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And people can get tickets at timpvalleytheater.org. Is that right? I think it's dot com. Dot com. Okay, timpvalleytheater.com. 
Um, well, thanks so much for joining us, David. It sounds like a fun show, fun for everyone. Um, great music, yeah. great uh, puppetry and song and dance, and uh, always a fun time at Tim Felly Theater. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. So our next uh, call, we're going to talk to Minda Stockdale from the Scarecrow Festival. And um, while I just check if she's on the line, um, yeah, there you might think that that festival is sold out, uh, but there's still a way to get involved. So she's going to let us know that in just a minute when we come back from these underwriters. Matt here from San Francisco Design, supporting our local radio station, KPCW. Since 1990, San Francisco Design offers interior design and a mix of European and mountain contemporary home furnishings with store locations in Salt Lake City and Park City on Bonanza Drive. On the web at sanfrandesign.com, San Francisco Design, love your home. Hey Sheldon. Yeah, John? What are you doing this Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m.? Well, I'm tuning in to KPCW's Minor Details Show. It's a show by, for, and about minors to hear the voice of the high school community. Listen to Minor Details every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. We take requests, so call in at 435-655-TALK. Minor Details is also sponsored in part by the Park City UPS Stores and Miller Orthodontics. Tune in this Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m. Earl Foote here. Frustrated with your current business technology? Nexus IT proudly supports KPCW and other local businesses with IT support, IT and hardware as a service, Wi-Fi, cybersecurity defense, and creative cloud solutions since 1998. 435-487-9099 or nexusitc.net. There we go. We're back in the studio at Morning Mix. It's Christy Dillaway with my co-host today, Ryan Williams. How's it been, Ryan? It's been great so far. Is this your first time on radio? As on a this host, radio? On this show, yes. I've been on a couple um, as a guest, but never as a host. Oh, well, thank you so much for jumping in with us. And um, we are back in the studio with Mel Soul, our musical guest. It's been such a pleasure having you on again. Good. <laughs> I don't know why it takes so long. It's not that it took me so long to get you back on. We had the conversation, and this was the date you could come back. So yeah, thanks for making the drive up. And it's probably so much easier when there's no snow or possibility of snow. Oh, but there is a possibility of snow. It's a 100%, 100% chance on Sunday. We've got to seize these uh, warm days when we can. Well, do you want to play a third song for us? Yes, for sure. Um, I don't remember if I did this one last time. I don't think I did this one last time, but... It's the only love song that I ever wrote. And uh, I don't know much about love. I haven't succeeded at it yet. So. <laughs> um, but it's kind of inspired by personal events and people that I've seen that are very different who've fallen in love, but they still make it work just because that's, yeah, that's who they are. That's where they feel they're at home. So this is called Fools. Who's to say if one is better than the other? Maybe we're both perfect for each other And the world may try to tear us apart 
we know who we are if we're fools might as well fall in love might as well fall in love if we're fools might as well fall in love between the both of us it might as well People look at us like we're both crazy Cause our shapes don't match the status quo And no one ever said that normal was interesting Or even worth a story to tell We're just fools I might as well fall in love Might as well fall in has its flaws just like us fools but it's worth the risk even if we lose and we're just fools might as well fall in love fall in love that's beautiful thank you mel soul live on the morning mix well on the phone we've got minda stockdale who's from the city is going to tell us about how you can still get involved in the scarecrow festival at the mcpollen farm welcome minda Hi, thank you so much. So um, it's always a fun event, and it's a sure sign of fall when the scarecrows appear along that trail behind McPullen Farm. And every year I'd be like, oh, I missed it again. And I did it the one year with my son, the one year it snowed <laughs> during the whole <laughs> event. Uh, oh, so no. It wasn't as much fun, but uh, the snow's holding off till Sunday. So the event happens on Saturday. Um, are there tickets left, and how can people still get involved? Yes, it is. Thank you so much. And um, it is just the most fun way to celebrate fall. And it's, you, just as you said, it's a sure sign when they're up there and all the leaves are turning, and we, it's just a, a great a great celebration of the season. Um, there are still tickets available, and uh, you can buy them at parkcityrecreation.org. You do need to buy them in advance, so we won't be selling them at the event tomorrow. Um, but they are on sale online, and you can also call the mark if you'd like. Um, I have one ticket left for the event tomorrow, uh, and that is for a family of four. It's $40, and the event happens from 2 until 4 o'clock. And we have face painting and pumpkin painting cider and cookies and then we have the hay there so you can come bring everything you need to build your scarecrow um show up and you can stuff them with hay and put them up on the trail so this afternoon the friends of the farm and i are going to be out on the trail installing the supports for all the scarecrows um so with that 40 dollars ticket you get you have a support that's reserved for your scarecrow and then you can put them up during the event tomorrow 
So again, I, o- I only have one of those tickets left. Um, so, so jump online and grab it if you'd like it. Um, but I do have quite a few tickets left that are the Scarecrow only tickets, and those are $20. They also, you have your support on the trail that comes with that ticket as well as your Scarecrow packet, and that has uh, zip ties and twine and everything you need to, to attach your Scarecrow to his support. And it also has in the packet your uh, Scarecrow name tag. Uh, so when you put your scarecrow up, you'll want to make sure he has that on there so that you know we know that you've registered. With the scarecrow-only ticket, you can come and pick up your packet tomorrow during the event if you'd like. Um, and any time uh, after that, you can pick him up. You can pick up your packet here at the executive office at City Hall, 445 Marsac. Um, and with the scarecrow only event ticket, the idea is that you can build your scarecrow at home and put them up whenever you'd like. So it doesn't include the event activities, but it's still a great way uh, to, to build your own scarecrow at home uh, and then take him out onto the trail and put him up uh, anytime that you'd like. So it's not just the classic scarecrow. People really get creative and, and come up oh, with some yeah. new... Oh, yeah, we've and... seen all kinds of stuff. Um, some really creative scarecrows and and that's what makes walking along the trail so fun is to just see the incredible creativity and the things that people come up with um and the only thing that we ask is that you are sensitive when you're putting up your scarecrow to not attach anything directly to the fence um to just to just use that support when you're putting him up and um also please don't do any advertising uh or promotional material on there but they can be silly or I think sometimes political <laughs> or um, lots of skier accident kind of um, scarecrows I remember seeing. Maybe people trying to figure out how to use that old ski equipment to good use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Christian Center, I actually, the scarecrow I helped build this year was um, lacrosse, was lacrosse inspired because there's uh, lots of, um, old lacrosse equipment available at the Christian Center. Uh, so I, d- I think people get really creative with uh, things that they can recycle. And, um, yeah, we've seen some pretty incredible themes, uh, political and Halloween, and um, there's always a pair of flight attendants up there, and they have a different theme every year. Um, so, yes, we please be silly and creative, and we just we, we love it. Great. So they can go to the Christian Center, to the Cycle Center, and kind of get all the accoutrements they need for their scarecrow. Yeah, those are great places, and and even you know your own garage. The costume or, box. The costume. Exactly. Box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all have one of those, don't we? Yeah, I you, think I think Park City does have a really high quota of costume boxes. I, I've been pretty impressed. <laughs> And so the goal of the event from the city perspective is what? Just to, I, I mean, it's what drew me to visiting the McPullen Farm, I think, the first time. I hadn't really been there before. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so the McPullen, the McPullen Farm is, uh, is owned by the city. It's, it's open space, and uh, we, we maintain the historic buildings on that site. And um, I'm the, the staff liaison to the farm, and I, and I oversee the Friends of the Farm. They're a volunteer uh, advisory committee to staff, and um, they are so critical to, to maintaining that, 
that site, and they just do so much wonderful work. And um, all of the events that we have, including the Scarecrow event, benefit the Friends of the Farm. Uh, and, and those proceeds allow them to put up the educational signage that you see around the site, um, the educational tours that we did this summer that was all supported by the Friends of the Farm. Uh, so so, it, so your ticket sale does, does go back to, to, maintaining, to maintaining the farm. So just to recap, if you're still interested in, do, in attending the event, there is one ticket, which is for a family of four, and you can get that if you call right away or get online at parkcityrecreation.org. Um, so that would be the whole event on Saturday in the scarecrow making. Or you can just make a scarecrow and have your own cookies and um, cider at home and make it at home <coughs> for $20, and you can put up your scarecrow still. And that's, again, you go to parkcityrecreation.org to sign up. That's right. All yep. right. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always a great event. You're welcome. Thanks. And if anybody if anybody has any questions, they're more than welcome to email me or call. It's minda.stockdale at parkcity.org, or my number is 435-615-5186. And, um, and thanks so much for helping us promote this event. It's really fun, and we hope to see everyone out there. Thanks so much. Thanks. Back by popular demand, the mystifying, mesmerizing dance of morbid monsters and maniacs. Thriller by Odyssey Dance Theater. Performing at the Egyptian Theater September 20th through October 6th. Always a sellout and maybe too scary for some young viewers. Reduced pricing opening weekend and weekday performances with youth 12 and under discounts as well. Visit ParkCityShows.com or call the box office at 855-745-SHOW for more information. The Egyptian Theater is one spooky nonprofit and a KPCW supporter. Hi, this is Bob Richer, chairperson of the KPCW Board of Trustees. We created the Broadcasters Club, and thanks to you, it's been a terrific success. We continue to strive to enhance our local news coverage, provide informative community-based journalism, and serve as your voice of the Wasatch back. KPCW plays a special role in defining the place we all love. Thanks for your help and support. For more information about becoming a Broadcasters Club member, please contact Jennifer at 649-9004, extension 307, or Jennifer at kpcw.org. You've been listening to KPCW and the Morning Mix uh, here in Park City. We want to thank our sponsors, Squatters Roadhouse Grill and Wasatch Brew Pub, San Francisco Design, and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Utah Properties. I want to thank my co-host for today, Ryan Williams. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Please come back again. And I want to thank our musical guest, Mel Soul. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And Bob for running the board today. And we will be back next Friday, as always, from 9 to 10 a.m., right after NPR News. Check us out and uh, stay tuned for fresh tracks throughout today. I've got 13 new tracks that I picked out for the listeners, and I hope you will enjoy them. Ryan, do you listen to Fresh Tracks? How could I not? Exactly. Well, stay tuned for NPR News right after this.